1: Welcome to Counter
2: Charge, I'm Felix Castro.
1: I'm Brandon Rossbahn.
2: I'm Ben
3: Stoddard.
4: And I'm Mark Zielinski. Welcome to another episode of the Narrative Workshop. We have a special guest tonight, Brandon Rossbahn from Winged Hussar
1: Publishing. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be on the show.
4: By no coincidence, uh, Ben is here too, so newly published and minted author of uh,
3: Winged Hussar Publishing.
2: Wait, we let Ben leave the workshop? I thought we just kept him chained to the desk while, uh...
3: I knocked through my ropes last time, so... I thought it was Brandon that kept him, ch- kept
4: him chained to the desk there, sending him manuscripts to fix and stuff like that. So, you know, now that he's in, you know, he's,
1: uh, got to keep working. Oh, believe right. me, I've got my work cut out for me with that. Oh,
4: boy, well, I can't wait to dig into that later, because, uh... What we're going to do tonight, folks, is we're going to catch up with Wing Tassar Publishing and uh, try to pry as many secrets as we can out of Brandon here. So I know I've got a few things I want to talk about. So <laughs> we'll see if he survives. But uh, before we do that, while we uh, run around the room here and uh, see what everybody's up to. So, Felix, last I heard you were working on Bug Eater. So I think first game was tonight.
2: Yeah, so obviously with the coronavirus situation worldwide, a lot of tournaments have not been going on. So in an effort to have something, two of the bigger GTs in in the region, Vanguard and Bug Eater GTs, have converted to online. So we've been playing on Universal Battle. And so a five-game format with given time zones and technical difficulties and scheduling because people are going to still be at home. Some of the GTs are allowing their people to play their first-round matchups tonight. And then I know for Bug Eater, it's two tomorrow and then two on Sunday. And they give us about a six-hour window. Now, obviously, the game's probably not going to last a full six hours. But, um, you know, at least gives us time to be like, hey, I got to take the kids to this, you know thing, or I got to go mow the lawn or whatever. It gives us time to kind of live our lives at home while still being able to get the games in, so that's been pretty nice. I had my round one matchup against Mark Taylor, and uh, jumping into the kiddie pool now. It was a good game, though. I I enjoyed it, so I've been kind of watching the guys play tonight, and in terms of hobby, I am still working on my Northern Alliance army. I've probably got about 3,400 points painted up right now, and hopefully by the end of the weekend, we'll have another... 130 something points painted up. So just can kind of work on Northern Alliance. Uh, it's been kind of my uh, my jam lately. Although I do have an Abyssal Dwarf Army because the new models are so cool. I'll get around to painting them eventually. <laughs> Maybe. If I put down my Northern Alliance for more than 10 minutes.
4: There you go. So how are you painting your clansmen? Are you in the brown pool or did you come up with a different color scheme? I'm getting ready to start. I finished my Snow Trolls, if you haven't seen them on... Steve Heldrew's weekly update, but uh I'm just put off by all the browns. So what what are you rocking?
2: I wouldn't really call it the brown pool. That sounds like a mistake at the community uh, swimming pool. But I mean no, they they've got a kind of a light tan color to their it's it's like the inside out of a pelt, you know, that kind of that lighter brown you get from tanning a deer or, you know, some cases of Frostfings flesh. Stuff like that, so they tend to be kind of brown. But my basing is a lot more brightly colored, so hopefully the the brown, rather drabish looking color scheme of their actual uniforms kind of stands out a little bit more against the reds and oranges and greens I have of my my basing. Because I'm going for like a late fall, early spring on the tundra, so you know the heavy snows haven't quite set in just yet. And plus I've got all the the bone and stuff like that, so I can kind of brighten up the the palette just a little bit. But yeah, on the on the whole, it's sort of. Yeah. Brown. So I know that it might be a turn off for some folks like yourself, but it's just for me, it just looks cool. Gives me that very like evocative, almost not by barbarian, but definitely low tech sort of feel to the army. So,
4: oh, you gave me a great idea with the deerskin thing. So I'm got my mind's already whirling. So that's a good thing. Thank you, Felix.
2: <laughs>
4: there you go. Brandon, are you wielding a paintbrush? I know you have a new member of the family there. So congratulations. I don't know if you have time for much hobby.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. My son was born at the end of February, so it was right before all the crazy COVID stuff started. If he had been born, he was actually a week early, and had he been born on time, well, then uh, we would have been in a little bit of a different situation with COVID. I haven't really had time to do painting, and it's mostly because I still got my Basileans sitting all pretty outside their box, but, you know, uh, Kings of War writing has been keeping me extremely busy, so... uh besides juggling the day job, the editing job, my son, time with the wife, and a sprinkling of video games here and there, I have not had much time for the hobby. But it's all in spirit with the writing.
4: Oh, we'll totally forgive you for the writing thing. We we need that. We got lots of painters, not many writers and editors and publishers. So everybody's got their specialty.
1: True, and uh, we're we're starting to amass a nice little collection of authors within the Kings of War community. It's uh, we've started cultivating some of the authors that have, you know, existed and elevated their works to publishing status, and we've brought in some faces from our other works to help boost the writing material as well. So there there will be a lot more writers. We've got a uh, I won't say anything too much quite yet, since that'll be more for the later part of the episode. But uh, we've got a lot of authors for a lot of different books.
4: Well, that's super exciting and why you're here tonight. So very, very cool. So Ben, what's uh, gracing your table over there?
3: Uh, my goblins are judging me right now as I stare across the room at them. Um, I've got the shield wolf goblins that I'm putting together as kind of like uh, like the savage goblins from Games Workshop mixed with some colonial goblins that I've got for kind of like a French and Indian War theme kind of thing going on. Um, unfortunately I've gotten about three units into it and the mojo has kind of gone a little bit right now. So I'm kind of in a bit of a hobby slump with that. But as Brandon said, I've kind of picked that up with, well, a plethora of other projects within for, for writing. So we've got lots of stuff to work on there to keep you busy.
1: We're cracking the whip.
4: Well, that's good to hear. Good to hear. I mean, it's uh, too bad you haven't been able to do your press tour yet there, Ben. So. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're doing as virtually as possible. So we're looking forward to book club sometime in what late August or something. We'll uh, we'll do book club, something like that. Give people a chance to read the book and uh, we don't want to do
3: spoilers too early. So the physical copy comes out for Drowned Secrets comes out with our regular well, Brandon can probably give you more information about this, but I think it comes out August 11th through Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all them. I'm not sure Brandon, if you guys still have some physical copies over there, I know Vince had to do a special run to send me a couple. But
1: So here's the amazing thing is that even though the whole publishing industry is shut down because of COVID, printing services are not. So we've actually been able, we've had copies of uh, Drowned Secrets that are purchasable on our website. So all orders that have been placed have been sent out and delivered so uh, we we've we sold a good number of copies too so it's a nice little start for uh, only having our website available with the copies
4: all i can say is arg i've been waiting to order and i didn't you know last i heard from you and vince that they, they weren't available yet so i've been waiting 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 maybe i'm working too much so are they up on the website now i mean can we still
1: get them are there still a few around or Yes, yeah, so here's a great plug I can make. So are Publishing, in an event, in uh, an effort to kind of boost our online presence, we uh, had some time during all this COVID stuff. And we actually have a new store now. So if you if you go to the old website, you can still access it, but the new website is w h p supplyroom.com and it's really fancy it loads all nice and uh, it, we've organized it I, I've been working very hard on it so you can organize it's organized between the, the history side the science fiction and fantasy side and we've also got some neat things like you can now look at all of our prints that are on there you can look at all the miniatures that we're selling so we, we're going to be selling uh, kings of war miniatures that tie in directly with our books as well as some of our other partners that we work with such as some of you guys know uh, Joe crone over at watchful Eye studio we are going to be we actually do a lot of conventions and stuff with joe he's a close friend of ours so we're going to be the official u.s distributors of his watchful eye studio miniatures um we've got bolt action black seas by fire and sword we we have a lot of different miniatures on our website now and um they may or may not be a little cheaper than what you're going to find on some other websites just saying so gonna throw that out there
4: all right fantastic what was that
1: address again i've got to write it down sure it's whp and if you go to the old winghouse publishing website we're turning we're we're transitioning that into just an informational website because the store part of it was just too wonky to try to run properly so that you can still get to the new website by clicking on the old website
4: All right. And for myself, as you heard, I finished up my snow trolls and Felix just gave me an idea of how I can avoid the heavy, dark browns that I've been dreading on here. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to have to work out. I've already got my mind whirling on which colors I have in stock that I'll be able to use. So Felix, watch for a DM. I'll have to send you something so you can tell me if it's cool or
2: not. Yeah, like I said, don't get it twisted. No, my guys are not dark brown. They're—it's a very almost like buff brown to their coats and stuff like that. It's—it's it's not a very dark brown to their uniforms. So.
4: Well, I usually see the dark browns, and when I was talking to Alex, you know, he had his Northern Alliance until he sold them, and then you know, he told me to look up the Luke's APS one. Boy, that is just so dark brown. It just turned me off, you know, and I hated the way the fur looked.
2: Yeah, it is very dark brown. I'll give you that.
4: Yeah, it was just, it it turned me off. But good, give me a little booster, Felix. I appreciate it. All right, well, hey, why don't we go ahead and uh, head into the main topic for tonight. And that is a little update with Winged Hussar Publishing. So I'm going to ask my questions last. So Felix, Ben, which of you want to uh, take the reins and start us
3: off? You go ahead, Felix. I'm going to follow Brandon's lead as to what kind of responses to give, I guess.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's fair. I'm just looking at this Winged guitar Publishing the supply room right now. Um, (laughs) All right, I'll tear myself away from the website, which actually does look pretty cool, by the way. Thank you. I guess, what do we have coming up in the next, I don't know, three to six months? I know, obviously, like I said, printing has not been affected nearly as much as the publishing industry. So, you know, uh, so I'm guessing it's sort of Mostly full steam ahead uh, with what uh, you guys have been planning on doing for for writing, but you know I'm interested too in kind of see you know having you know being friends with Ben and kind of you know hearing some of these updates from others. Uh, you know, I guess in a big writing and crayon. What's what's the plan in the next three to six months?
1: So we've got some neat things coming out. There are things I can talk about and things I cannot talk about. The more upcoming things I can talk about. The first being. The novel that was originally scheduled to be our first release, Nature's Night, is finally going to be released at the end of the summer, Um, and one of the big reasons why it got pushed back so much is because we had um, a lot of rewrites to do to initially match the vision that Mantic wanted us to achieve, and then... Come version three, we had to do some more rewrites and we had to change some more things. And Ultimately, we decided to change the direction the novel was going to go in to better fit with some of the new factions and the new ideas. So what originally was a one-person novel, we kind of hired on a super team to help coordinate it in the right direction. So it, it's similar to what you would almost see in an anthology, except it's now just going to be one long shared story between Mark DeSantis, Mark Barber, James Dunbar, Ben, and myself. We've taken Mark DeSantis' original idea, and we've kind of played around with it to add some you know, different elements in. What was kind of a larger uh, sweeping story is now constrained to the forests of Gala here. And we've kind of changed what factions are going to be involved. So while we focus on the forces of nature, there's also going to be some Night Stalker involvement, which is going to be the first that we've written about. And uh, between the lenses of the different authors, we've really captivated something cool and chilling. Like I've, I've read through everybody's parts um, and it captured very well. And we also are going to be writing about the Brotherhood and Brother Mark forces, which is, you know, new information. And the one of the big reasons why Brotherhood was off the table for a long time is because of what they did with them in V3. When we first started all this, Brotherhood was one of the highly, most highly recommended, uh, highly wanted factions. People were coming to me with synopses. Even uh, Mark Barber's original pitch for Steps of Deliverance was a Brotherhood novel. But we had to just scrap them all. So this is now going to be the first story that has the Brotherhood in it, and it's going to show that separation between the two forces and where they went when they split. So we, we've really kind of hit the uh, the nail on the head with version three information. We've kind of taken as much as we possibly can from version three and worked it into this story. So that way it, it is more up to date with information. I think fans are really going to like that. We incorporated in the original short story that was in Edge of the Abyss, but we put a spin on it. So when fans have read the story Edge of the Abyss and then they go to read Nature's Night and they're like, hold on a minute, this doesn't seem like the same character. There's a reason why. And that's all I'm going to say. Ben, you want to throw anything in on that while we're on that subject?
3: Yeah, I'll just mention a few things that I said to you. It's it's been a very interesting process working in a collaborative project like this. We've been we literally started, I think. The process back in I think February is when we started working on this, and, and you approached me about working on it. And since then we've been working feverishly, swapping ideas back and forth, giving each other different versions of our portions that we were working on, making sure that they synced up. It's been a very it's been a very cool process to kind of see uh, the the characters and the storyline develop between multiple authors, uh, lenses kind of thing. Um, we play around a lot with like perspective and stuff like this. And one of the funnest things for me was writing about the night Stalkers Cause I think they're a really fun faction. They're really fun, bad guys to have in the story. And it's just been a lot of fun. I think between all of us, the, the story that we're putting together is actually a lot of, it's a really cool story. It's a lot of fun. It helps build on the world building that we've established in the previous novels Gives us more information about Panathor and about specifically the forces of nature, which is also a fun faction to talk about from a narrative perspective. And it's, it, I'm, I'm excited to see what this book looks like when it finally comes out and everybody can have a chance to read it.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting thing. Is when you pair up the forces of uh, the main character who is a former basilean with the morals and ideas of the people of the forces of nature you have a really really interesting moral conundrum and i i have to commend the authors that have been working on this because they have done a fantastic job and that line of uh, moral questioning is, a, is really well established in this and it's interesting because i you know i'm kind of overseeing the project as i work on my section and uh, I, I'm not going to say what section, and I'm not going to say what section people are working on because I want to. S- I'm hoping that in the final project, people are going to look at this and see it as one lens of an author. Now I see where the different sections split, and I, I, I see where the car- where the sections merge, and kind of where each author took their section. Something happens to change the story in a way that you just naturally think things are changing. When in reality, it's a different author taking over the pitch of it, and so far, it it flows seamlessly. I have read the most of it already, and I'm I'm really excited for where it's gonna go. We've you know, the, like I said, the authors have done an amazing job on this so far. So during COVID and giving people something to do, I put a pitch out to well, actually. Mark Barber was the one that, came, that gave me the idea and said, uh, hey, can we have some type of contest for our community to try to get people like excited about the writing while, you know, things are on a standstill? So I, I had said, yeah, we could do a fan submission anthology because um, we hadn't done one for this universe yet. And it's something that I like because it's where I can start to see talented authors who haven't really gotten a chance to publish their work. And normally in a regular situation, we'd have a published book. But. What this contest is basically going to be is glorified fan fiction that I'm going to be putting for free on our website. So what that means is that the lore isn't going to be accurate in most cases, and things are going to be not necessarily um, Mantic approved. But that's why this is like a fan contest. The only, the only one that is going to be Mantic approved and be 100% canon is the winner of the competition. Between Mark Barber, Mark Langworthy, and myself, we're we think we know who's the winner, but we want to just give it a little bit more of a look over. And why I mentioned Mark Langworthy is because the big catch that uh, about this submission was the winner is going to get a campaign based on their story released in the Kings of War RPG which was, uh, I was not expecting that at first, but Mark kind of threw that comment in on the main post I made in the Fanatics group, and I was like, okay, well, that definitely sets the ante up a little bit higher. (laughs) Um, So we got a good amount of submissions. I have to say there really wasn't any of poor quality. Really, everything had, you know, everything was really good. There were some that were better than others, obviously. One of the things that's interesting is that uh you know there were some stories that went off in a really good start and then all of a sudden had an issue in the middle and then we you know caught back up in the end it was good and with the type of fan fiction like this you know we're we're not looking for these stories to knock it out of the park we're looking to see you know we're we're presenting this to the community as these are your fellow kings of war players this is what they're capable of doing you know use this to you know Help augment your game. You know, think about the stories you can create while playing with your army. There is a lot of talent out there. As if you tap into it, I mean, uh, there's a couple authors who submitted their stuff that I I reached out to and I said, Hey, listen, your quality of writing is really great, and if you'd like to write a novel for us at any time, feel free to send me a pitch. And so I have a couple in the work. So it, there is a lot of really good talent in the Kings of War community, and you know, some some just need a little bit of a guiding hand to get them on the right path. But I think the fans are going to be happy with this anthology. And we'll see. Uh, you'll see who the winner is when we announce it on Facebook. If we haven't already, by the time this episode goes live. And that's really it for the next few months. But actually, the end of the year, we have two novels closer towards the end of the year. There is a novel that Mark Barber is working on that uh, is a little bit different than the direction of novels we've seen so far. And uh, we have to work with Mantic a little bit closer on it to make sure it's in the direction they want to head. But this novel by Mark is going to be out in November. It is not the sequel to Steps of Deliverance, but something different, something that we haven't done in Kings of War yet. I don't want to give too much information yet, but it's I know it's going to happen. I want it to be Mantic approved before I give you guys anything else. Just expect another Mark Barber novel towards the end of the year. And then James Dunbar has his novel, Claws on the Plane, which has to deal with um, the kingdom of men and orcs and, you know, mercenary band that's going to be out towards the end of the year right now. It is scheduled Q4 of 2020, but the way the publishing industry is going, it might be pushed back to 2021 COVID depending. And James is a first time author with us, but his attention to detail and depiction kind of blew me out of the water with how, how his writing is. It's, it's different. Every, you know, every author has their own style. His style uh, hit me with the detail that he goes into and the way he's able to use bigger words than what most people would. I'm not, you know, I, I like to expand my vocabulary and try to get as many like different words as possible. But sometimes when you do that, you can kind of alienate your audience. So James is able to captivate that without alienating the readers, I feel like. So he's, I look forward to his book at the end of the year. I think that's going to do really well as well
3: yeah i'll I'll throw in a shout out for james there too i've read the first couple chapters of his that book it's very interesting he it's very as you said brandon it's very descriptive but it, it has a good sense of ambiance like it's the kind of book that you can kind of sit down and get lost in just in the descriptions and and the feel of the world it really brings out what's going on and makes it feel like you're you're sitting there watching it as much as anything else it's he he does a good job, and he'll it'll be a good book to read. Plus, he does a good job of describing things, but also his storylines are very precise. Like he's got a good layout for what he's doing, and so the story will take you in unexpected places, and it'll do it in a way that makes you. It's a very like comfortable fantasy setting kind of thing. So it's very. I'm looking forward to seeing his book when in its finished format.
1: I actually want to cycle back for a second. So, uh, Nature's Night. I remember what I was going to say before. So one of the really nice things about being able to do a collaborating project like this is we can help tie the threads of novels together. And uh, Ben, it's up to you whether you want to give a spoiler on this or not. But there is a certain uh, character from Drowned Secrets that makes a appearance in Nature's Night.
3: Absolutely. That is one thing that's kind of fun. And and Brandon, stop me if I start saying too much right now. But <laughs> one of the things that, that Brandon and several of us have talked about and kind of batted the idea around is this, is this is all a shared universe. Everything that happens in the Kings of War novels and the Kings of War game and the RPG and that they're all in a shared universe, meaning that it's not an isolated thing where... The only thing that really links them together is the is the main rule book. That was something that kind of happened with Warhammer is occasionally you'd have these little crossover events and stuff like that where, you know, one author might borrow characters from another author's story with the Black Library, but most of the time the novels were solitary and and confined to the narrative that they had. And one thing that we've talked about and we've worked towards is making it kind of like the, you know, the mantic novel, the universe kind of thing, kind of like the MCU. As far as a world where all the players are can show up at pretty much any time kind of thing and can be used between all the different authors and Yes, there is one of the characters from Drowned Secrets does make an appearance and is a part of the narrative and not in just a cameo appearance, but actually uh, that this character appears and participates in the story and is a major player in certain parts of the story. It's been really fun to draw threads from each other's writings and such to kind of build up this thing so that we have this is a communal experience, basically, because at the end of the day, we're writing these books for the players, right? Because it's it is a, a niche market and being able to build a world that we all are part of and that we're all building into. There's even references to players that, like we always done, like with King Billiam and with Skullface and with other ones that have been already mentioned in the books. There's also the, those continual mentions and nods to the community and uses of different ideas that we've got. And so That's been a lot of fun to kind of talk about that and bring our creations from other works and kind of start tying them together. Um, And hopefully that leads to potential bigger things in the future with that as well.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the really nice... I've said it from the start, but that's one of the really nice things about working within the Mantic community. And, uh, you know, I've worked with several different companies and several different communities with producing novels for games. And Mantic, hands down, is the best between the community, between the Mantic staff members. You know, um, I cannot speak more highly about Matt Gilbert and Rob Berman. They are two of the greatest guys I've had the pleasure of working with. They've been very open, very understanding, very willing to give us leeway with things. And, you know, it's with their aid that we're able to make these books what they are and help expand the growing universe. And it's thanks to the community that we even have this, Opportunity in the first place. I mean, it's been a very great atmosphere to work in. It's been, uh, you know, I love coming on countercharge. You know, I, I tried reaching out to other podcasts in our other games we work with, but we kind of got the cold shoulder and uh, it's always great to be welcomed, you know, willingly on this show. It's always great to be able to post something in the fanatics group or even in the the Facebook messenger group and be able to have people be excited about what we're doing because, in the like Ben said it's for the fans you know we want this to be part of the experience and you know something that differentiates GW and Black Library from us is that you know we want the fans involvement and we want to be able to create this universe that you know Black Library spent years and years developing this universe and within the few years that we've been doing this we've been able to get the fans involved we've been able to take off fans who have A dream of writing a novel like uh, Ben, and James, some of the other people we have working with us and give them the chance to say, here you go, publish your novel, write your novel, we'll publish it. And, you know, those characters are now cemented in Kings of War history as being legitimate canon characters in the universe. And, uh, you know, it's going to take some time to continue to build it. But, I mean, you can see the quality of works from the anthology to the novels you know we we have a solid cadre of authors that we are continuing to build up and this universe is just going to get bigger and bigger it harkens back to what ronnie said uh during the first adepticon that we were at you know that this is one big universe and with the books we're going to continue to push the narrative forward while the first couple of books that we've been working with have been just kind of like not lore heavy They've helped tell stories within the universe and helped expand things. And, you know, as things go on, you are going to start seeing some very lore-heavy novels that are going to push the game forward. And while I can't really talk about any of that at present, you know, it's always been something we've said is that it's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and when we can figure out what we want to do. So in the future, I you know, I've already talked with the powers that be, and we've already established some things moving forward about what we are going to be doing and what I can talk about. I can tell you that Ben has a hand in some of the big stuff moving forward as well. All of our authors, all of our authors who are writing novels have standalone works. And then they also have, they have their like personal projects and then they have the continuity projects. So while Ben has his series with Trident Realm, he also has another big series. He's going to be working on that. We will give details when we can just the only thing I can say, the only thing I can say is that it's going to be involving the dwarves. So, and we have another author who's going to be doing dwarves as well. Mike Rossi, who's a member of the community, is going to be doing a dwarf novel as well. So even though the first couple of novels have been kind of focused on the Basileans and, you know, we have the Trident Realm, thanks to Ben, dwarf players can be happy to know that not this year, maybe the end of next year, we'll start seeing some dwarf novels. So you'll get your time in the sun, don't worry. So is the name of one of those
4: novels, uh, King Billiam or something like that, is, uh, I wouldn't dare to presume. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, what's it like to hand off back and forth on that collaborative type of book that you got, you know, Nature's Night? It, it sounds interesting with stitching it all together, and but working collaboratively, and then handing your character off to somebody else to write with. That's fascinating.
3: Yeah, it's been a really cool experience. Mark and I have kind of worked together. We traded back and forth drafts of, of Steps to Deliverance and Drowned Secrets, or either of those got published, and we were working through that together. So I, I know Mark. I know he's a capable author. I know he's a good guy to work with, and so I, I trust his ability with whatever we do. And like I said, I've read some of James's stuff, and I've I've been really impressed with what he's put out. And man, is he prolific. That guy slams through word count faster than I can imagine. Um, he leaves me in the dust a lot of the time. One thing I will say about Nature's Night is uh, is look at perspectives. Perspective is a very cool thing that we play with between all of us that are involved with it. We sit there and the way things are portrayed and the different angles that uh, each of us brings to the different storyline very interesting because it allows you to go hey i never thought of it that way i can carry this further now or that idea never occurred to me to take it in that direction but i like it so i'm going to keep going with it and i'm going to add to it now that you've got my brain thinking in that way and so in a way it's really stretched what would have been a very different novel in its original course uh to say the least and i think it's been actually really cool and brandon has been the kind of if each of us is kind of the characters in the, in the D and D group, he's, he's been the dungeon master sitting behind a screen and watching and t- kind of stitching everything together. And it's been interesting to see his feedback and his take on it all, because he's the one that's been kind of hanging back and making sure that what I write doesn't contradict what Mark writes or what James writes and vice versa kind of thing. And making sure that it all meshes and gels together and, and, one thing I've noticed with the Kings of War novels is that the characters still tr- were trying, trying to stay within the tropes and the, the establishments of the fantasy universe, especially the one established with, within Mantic. But we're very interested in taking those character perspectives outside of the normal with, that we usually associate with fantasy. And in doing that, it kind of it's that cool thing when you see somebody who like when you go to a tournament and you see somebody who's taken an army and they've reinvented it in a really cool way, like the Minutemen ogres that I forget who owns those ones or any number of different projects. And when you see somebody that's reimagined an idea and it fits so well, but it's so different and, and kind of unique. And I think that's one thing that this collaborative project has allowed us to do is it's allowed us to take what each of our strengths are and really build on that and take it to the nth degree. So I think this will be a very interesting novel when it comes out.
1: You know, there's kind of that aspect of while we want to focus on army versus army, it's interesting because I'm finding more and more that it's not only the community's like desire, but also Mantic's desire is to kind of see more individualized, like small group novels, which is something that, you know, I love the thought of because it you know you can get to know the characters more intimately but ultimately the tie-in with this is we want to help promote the miniatures so even with the smaller novels we, we're still able to show off the breadth of the different factions and the units but people seem to like that more and even mantic seems to want us to do that more than having f- full-scale army novel it's different than what we've worked with in the past but it's great because we can now show off like in nature's night we have a couple different Factions represented in the main cast of characters. So while we have the Forces of Nature and the Brotherhood and the Brother Mark and uh, Night Stalkers, we also have, uh, you know, the, the Forces of Nature are a big faction. So we have some nereticans we have some Centaurs, we have some Salamanders. We can kind of expand, we can go into detail with that faction and just show, like, what they're capable of and what units you can transition so a neat thing about this is like uh if we name a centaur uh, i'm sorry a centaur in the book somebody who the forces of nature player can say "Ooh, i like that and i have a cent i have centaurs in my army so i can just designate this centaur as that character and it helps bring more meaning to it
4: there's a lot of neutral factions in this nature's night so do you guys carry forward this kind of both sides of the fence, neutral kind of concept that was
1: brought up in Ben's novel. Does that kind of rear its head in uh, nature's night as well? I don't want to spoil too much because I want that to be an interesting thing, but I'll just say, it goes back to my whole statement I made before about the Basileans have the Basileans and like the, the brotherhood members who stayed with them have one way of thinking and the forces of nature have another way of thinking so when you have a former basilean traveling or living and working within the forces of nature those ideals can conflict and what is good and what is right can conflict with what is necessity so those two ideals of being neutral and being good come up as a clash and all I can say is think about who the good factions can ally with and think about who the neutral factions can ally with. So how do you form that balance? And how do, you, how do you make a character who can ally with certain units but despise other units work with a faction that can ally with units of both sides? That is definitely something that we explore, and that is definitely something that comes up. That's awesome. Yep, I, I don't want to pry any further into that. So,
2: so to answer your kind of Train of thought there, Ben. It was Tony Nelson that had the uh, Revolutionary War ogres. Thank
3: you. I cannot
1: remember off the head.
2: I got you both. (laughs) So, what are we talking about for you know twenty twenty one? You know, kind of beyond the next six months.
1: I'm glad you asked, sir, because I have a load of books. Our twenty twenty one schedule is actually so packed, we've had to actually book into twenty twenty two, which is amazing to think about. How you know, in one hand, it's it's a far way away, but on the other hand. I remember when we first signed Ben onto the contract, I'm like, oh, we got plenty of time to get to that. And I'm like, uh, now we are several months into having the book finished and published. It's like, OK, now we really do have to start looking at two years and see how much you know, there is to work with. So we have The Battle of Dawn Keep, which is a book by Tom Holtby, which is going to kind of run a little bit more of a, the gamut of factions again. Um, we're going to be seeing elves, ogres, goblins, undead, and kingdoms of men, but the primary focus is going to be on the elves. So I think that's going to be a really good novel to help draw our elf players out and say, yay, we're represented. I think that'll be cool to see. <sighs> uh, <laughs> Mark Langworthy, who wrote, who's designed the Kings of War RPG, is actually going to be doing a novel with us that is going to... Event, I think it was part of the Kickstarter, and it will release two people who pledged a certain dollar amount in the kickstarter but i'm not certain on that so don't quote me i'll let mark answer that question at some point but the book is titled shadows and infamy and it's going to obviously deal with the league of infamy and some other really cool factors that i don't want to talk about yet because it's a surprise but uh it's going to be a direct tie-in with the rpg so it's going to answer it's going to kind of fall back on that and kind of help Set a narrative to go alongside with the the campaigns in the RPG. And actually, I guess I can um, I can drop this because uh, Mark and I have been talking about it. But Mark has been gracious enough to say he's going to be doing some campaigns based off of characters that are appearing in the novels. So, like uh, Mark Barber's character Orion, he's actually going to be in a main, I believe, a main campaign in the RPG. And then he's going to be putting out like I guess little one shots for a shall, right Ben? I think that's who we decided on for you was a shall.
3: Yep, that's the one that I sent in for him.
1: Okay, and then James's character from his novel of claws on the plane. Um, we're going to be I uh, have to write up one for Dylan for from nature's night, and I think I'm going to just throw him one from from me to see how we go with that. But that look forward to that. That's going to be another you know ultimately tie in between the RPG, the game, and the novels. I think it's going to be cool to see. And then, you know, here's the big one that we've been talking about and I can actually go into more detail about, which might actually be one of Mark's questions, but I'm going to throw it out there now. Clint Werner is finished with the first draft of Rise of the Celestians. It is in Mantic's hands right now. Matt Gilbert is reviewing it to make sure that it looks good. Everything that Clint does is really good. I'm not going to lie, but he's just making sure it fits all the Mantic, checks all the Mantic boxes. I, I haven't actually gotten a chance to read through it yet. But I read the prologue, and I was enthralled in the prologue. And like I said, Clint writes really awesome things. He's actually writing – there's a company, I think it's called Asmodee, and uh, he's writing a Marvel novel for them. They got the rights to the the Marvel books. And actually, Vince does consulting work for them, so that's why I know that. And they got the rights to Marvel books and novels, and so Clint's writing a Marvel novel. Andy's writing a Kings of War novel. And I think he's full time with Black Library. So Clint is just doing all sorts of awesome stuff. So let me tell you, the Rise of Celestians is going to be fantastic. It is the part of a tril is part of a trilogy. So it's book one. I guess I should say this now. We have a lot of trilogies planned. Ben's got it. A- Ben's got two trilogies. Clint's got a trilogy. <laughs> Mark Barber has four parts.
3: Du- I was gonna say at least a duology, but I uh, didn't know how many more he had planned for it. <laughs>
1: He has four parts for that. Um, we we've got a lot of like multi-series books coming out. So Clint's Rise of Celestians is going to be the f- first in a trilogy, and I think it's going that's going to be the first one to really expand the lore of the game. And while it's set obviously in the past, it's going to help set up a lot of things, fill in some fill in a lot of gaps, answer a lot of questions that people have, or maybe bring some new questions up that Nanta can answer at some point. So definitely look forward to that next year. Beyond that, I have uh, two standalone novels that I have signed authors for. They're they're not necessarily part of the community, so they're going to be new names. But Gordon Jones is going to be writing a book called Frozen Rage, which has got to do with Northern Alliance. So we finally have the Northern Alliance going to be represented beyond just my short story in the Edge of the Abyss anthology. Tom Fern is going to be writing a book called The Cost of Power which is going to be uh, involving elves, humans, and Ratkin. Beyond that, I cannot say any more, but we have plenty of novels booked into 2022.
2: Very nice. Yeah, Northern Alliance definitely intrigues me, so I'll be looking forward to that one.
1: Definitely.
4: Well, you know which one intrigues me, Brandon, so I'm all about this uh, Clint trilogy. So, number one feel free to send that to the members of the narrative workshop. When you're ready for test readers, you know, we'll, we'll be happy to give you our, uh, our feedback. Can you say a little bit? It's rise of the Celestians. So kind of going back into our lore, you said it's expanding the lore. So I don't know what you can say or not.
2: In fact, it says TBA on the description on the link to our publishing website. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. There are certain things that Mantic allows me to talk about, and there are certain things they say, ah, we got to wait on that. So I, I have to wait to get an official description from them, but yeah, it, it's going to be filling in a lot of gaps in uh, the history. You know, we, we know about the Celestians existing, and we know about they're their a big part of the Kings of War universe, but there's not a whole lot beyond that. All I can say is that... Think about this one, so I word it very carefully. (laughs) We see a lot of deities being addressed from different factions. So, everybody has their own, you know, celestial beings that they worship. One of them may or may not have to do with orcs. I'll say that it may or may not have to do with finding out a little bit more about the orc deities. Nice.
4: As you know, I'm really looking forward to this uh, series of novels, so I can't wait to... read it as fast as i can and get more information so uh one of the other things that you talked about a couple times and uh we talked about it at adepticon when uh we were at mantic night is all the stitching together and how everybody is working together and that is just so cool and i am so excited this actually see that come into play you know i mean we talked about that at one mantic night and it's and it's come to fruition it's been fantastic So what do you guys have big meetings or how do you guys work on all this coordination stuff to make sure that everything's flowing in the right
1: direction? So I'll give you a little bit of behind the scenes information. So, uh, you know, regularly I talk with Matt and Rob about what our plans are, what we want to do. They've also just recently opened themselves up to the authors and said, you know, here's our direct line of communication. Should you need anything at all? Message us. We'll talk about it. We'll email about it. And they, like I said, I can't say enough good about them because they want to be directly involved, which is great. They want to answer questions, which is great. So Vince and Matt and Rob and I usually used to sit down for a Skype call once every few months just to talk about where we are with things and where we're going and uh, what the current state of everything is. But just recently we had a call that kind of decided we wanted to more or less create a brain trust of authors that we're going to be using to move Kings of War forward. So these are authors that are going to be committed in creating the lore and shaping the lore and, you know, may or may not be responsible for helping to write things in future rule books may or may not be responsible for creating things that Mantic hasn't thought about and then just go, yeah, that's cool. Basically they've said to us, no idea is too outlandish, pitch us, whatever and we'll work with it. And, you know, that's a really cool thing. I'm sure Ben can attest to that. But he <laughs> and Mark Barber are two, you know, those are two authors that the community has known by name, just because of the books we have now. But they're definitely two of the authors that we're going to be using moving forward to help shape the lore of the community. There's a couple others, too. One of our, I have one of our long-term authors who is going to be writing a project I can't say, but Scott Washburn has headed our Great Martian War series of novels, which is based off of H. G. Wells' War of the Worlds. And it's actually one of our better selling just standalone series, because it's not tied with anything. And it does really, really well. It's it's only second to Kings of War, and I think it it's just barely second. But he is now kind of had a little bit of a burnout of writing Martians, so he wants to write a fantasy novel. So he's going to be writing a fantasy novel. I can't say what it is and what faction it involves or anything, but uh, he did a story in Edge of the Abyss that was well-received. So I kind of said to him, like, hey, that story did really well. People liked it. Got a lot of good feedback. Do you want to write a novel? And he was thrilled and jumped at the chance to do it. His novel is going to be a very big, lore impactful novel. All I'm going to say. Yeah, that was
2: Ratcatcher, right? Yep, you got it. Yeah, that was actually that's definitely one of my favorite ones out of, the, out of the anthology. So, cool. Very cool. I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, he's working very closely with um, Mantic to make sure that this novel is going to go in the right direction. So we're gonna, you're going to be seeing some more frequent authors who are going to be doing some big-name projects. That's not to say that I'm discounting any authors who are not necessarily involved in the big projects. Certain, uh, You know, working with Ben, I didn't know Ben before this at all. Ben and I started, you know, communicating when we started Drowned Secrets. I really respect him as a person, as an author, as a friend. And it was kind of where I said, you know, you've been in this community forever. I trust your writing. You know, I want you as one of the authors that we move forward with. And that's a, that's a thing we have to build up between, you know, author and editor and companies. We have to build up that relationship of who do we want to to streamline everything moving forward and then that ties into when we had all this big brain trust meeting, we kind of decided that we need certain authors to spearline certain factions. So that way we don't have a million different authors writing about a million different factions. We have set authors who are writing about set factions. So that way they can be in charge of that lore. We don't have to question, is this right? Is this not? No, they're the lore master of that faction. They have been working with Mantic to make sure that this lore is correct. And that way we can kind of keep continuity between the books. It really helps with that a lot. So that's kind of behind the scenes about what goes on with the Winghuzzer publishing side. We remain very close contact with Mantic. We send them pitches. They approve or deny it. I will say this, a lot of pitches. And if you were going to send me a pitch, I beg you, please do not make it about a quest trying to find a magical ring amulet stone that awakens the undead when they find it because i've literally had about five or six different pitches i've had to reject because it's all that same concept i love all the inspiration you guys are pulling from but try to think outside the box for different <laughs> plot lines because that seems to be for whatever reason that's a reoccurring plot that people just keep going and i think it's a little bit too on the nose with morgoth and jarvis it flushes and just it does not work well with them. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm always open to pitches. I always send it to Mantic. Even if I'm not 100% keen on the idea, sometimes when I look at something, it could just be me not seeing it correctly. So all the pitches that I get, I send to Mantic and say, what's your opinion on this? And they tell me, you know, A, it doesn't work for lore reasons. B, it doesn't work because it's conflicting with ideas that they already have that they want to flesh out and they don't want to create plot holes and rewrites see it's just it, it's not what they're looking for or we approve it or we approve it with that needs changes so you know it i'm always willing to send them and get feedback we have a lot of a lot of ones that work and a lot of ones that don't work so that's something that's going to just keep evolving as the years go on is the different authors that we have but we have our set group who are going to continuously be working in kings of war and help continuously push the novels forward.
4: All right. Well that sounds good. So instead of a rules committee, it's basically a lore committee.
1: More or less, yes. And you know, we we might add to those members as the years go on, but we have Ben can attest to this, we had a pretty large group for our, our first meeting. i I honestly got on the call and was like, oh this is gonna be hell. It's just gonna be everybody talking. I, I think I said I started off the call with So how's everybody doing today? And everybody was like oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, oh this is gonna be terrible. But everybody actually was very quiet to the point where uh, somebody, like, private messaged me, like, crickets. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a good thing because not everybody is talking all at once. So I'm okay with crickets.
2: Right. Well, I mean, you got 21 factions. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of potential folks at the table. So it's good that they seem to be, again, not talking over each other and at least in a cooperative, you know,
3: I'll throw in my experience with it was is it was actually pretty well structured. We went through, we each had our opportunity to ask the questions that we were interested in uh, give any pitches or any ideas. And mainly this was a, this first meeting was kind of a groundworking one where we just kind of got to know each other and kind of got the process kind of settled for what was coming and reviewing the future events. And so for that reason, I think it actually worked out really well because we had matt and rob over in mantic who are the heads of this is where things are going and they're kind of the overarching commanders of this brigade if you will and then you have the front linesman which uh, you know the front line commanders which is Vincent and, and Brandon, who are sitting there directing which authors are probably going to be going to which projects and which ones they give suggestions to and all that kind of stuff and then you had us the the working grunts sitting there with the ability to ask questions about what all do we need to do? what is this, What are some things that we need to go to? And is this a good idea? And so it worked out really well, actually, for the first meeting. Other ones might devolve into a little bit more chaos, but this first one was good.
4: <laughs> well, that's really good to hear. That reminds me, too, Brandon. I owe you uh, two things on the idea front. So as soon as uh, July 15th passes, I can't believe I got to deal with a global pandemic, and I was all excited they pushed the tax season back from April 15th to July 15th and now I'm pretty depressed about it So, <laughs> but as soon as I get past July 15th I'll be a lot happier so I'll uh, I'll send those uh, two little notes to you So, but we'll have to follow up on those for sure speaking of books Mark Langworthy uh, on the RPG Kickstarter it was like 12 pounds for his book and then I didn't get it because it was under 12 pound shipping so I, uh, <laughs> I passed on it. I figure I'll get it later Yeah, but it should be coming out. So the people that actually order that on the
1: Kickstarter are going to get that in advance then. I believe that's what it boils down to. While I am the head editor for the company, I do nothing with finance, contracts, deals. Any of that is beyond my scope of understanding. So I know there's a specific contract in place between uh, Red Scar and Winged Husser with how the uh, novel is going to be handled. So I'm just going to say Yes. As of right now, it's going to be an advanced copy to the uh, Kickstarters, and then it'll be generally released and published by us. And it's going to be just in the regular Tales of Panathor, which I might note, the Tales of Mantica series is now Tales of Panathor, and the old books will reflect that in new covers when we can.
4: Ooh, so that means we have collector's editions from uh, those of us wise enough to buy the first anthology. Is that what you're telling me?
1: Yes, exactly. Fantastic.
4: All right. And then I have to ask this question. Are you going to squeeze out any more Choose Your Own Adventure books out of Matt Gilbert? Is he just too dang busy? Or any other authors? Is that something you guys are going to be pursuing? So we
1: do have the first two Choose Your Own Adventure books that we're going to be publishing. I'm not sure when that's going to be, but I know we, we've been talking extensively with Mantic and we are doing them. The first one is Matt Gilbert's and that will be republished by us. The second one is done by a gentleman named Tom Pike. And I don't know if that ever made the light of day. I don't remember what they said, if it was just something they had planned and you know never made the light of day or if it was in a limited release, but we will be republishing in full capacity that as well. And then... Uh, I'll put it out there. You know, we're looking for authors to write choose-your-own-adventure books. I mean, most authors want to do novels, but if anybody listening wants to um, wants a stab at a uh, choose-your-own-adventure books, I know Matt Gilbert said there'd be a lot of play testing would have to be done, but we are looking for authors to write one, so that's up in the air.
2: Open the door, you die. <laughs> Step through the door, you fall into a hole, you die. Go back to page.
4: Well, obviously, Felix is out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it takes a lot of creativity to write so many ways to die in a novel. I mean, that's just, come on.
4: Felix, aren't you feeling a Northern Alliance choose-your-own-adventure book?
2: Be like, oh, you die of frostbite. You get attacked by thunder wolves. You die. Go back to the beginning. You run out of food. You die. Go back to the beginning.
4: Look, you're already on your way to writing one. Felix, it's got to be longer than six pages, okay? It's
2: got to
3: well yeah your own existential crisis here it sounds like uh, (laughs) you're probably not wrong ben we'll continue the
2: therapy session after
4: you can call it 50 pages of death
2: i gotta say 50 shades of of white (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah 50 shades of frostbite or chill chill blaine or whatever yeah
4: there you go, Brandon. We can get a live uh, critique of Felix's idea
1: here. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> well, so if it's going uh, Fifty Shades of White, I, I, you know we got to keep this PG. Nothing about yeah, the, the Northern yeah, man exactly. gently stroking his lover's cheek.
2: Don't even get the dwarf clans involved.
1: Just... <laughs> Sounds like we got plenty of dwarf action coming up next year. Or so yeah, that's a tough thing too. It's like it's the it is. Um, that's
2: what it is. It's...
1: <laughs> trying to make sure we cover all the different factions. It's tough. The Basileans were such a heavy hit in the first few novels because they're, you know, Mark Barber and I have talked about this a lot, is that they're the, you know, the quintessential good guys. They're the picturesque hero faction uh, that Mantic promotes. So trying to display the greys in that faction and trying to just display that faction in general, it's a it's a common thing to see. But I think as we move forward, I mean. 2021 and 2022 there is no mention of basilean novels at all oh i take that back mark barber's sequel faith aligned that'll be out next year and that'll involve some uh, night stalkers and some brother mark and some good stuff i should also note that if uh, you guys haven't seen it in the fanatics page yet the cover art was finished and it's done by michelle georgie who did uh, the he actually did a couple covers for, that we've used uh, he did the Drowned Secrets cover. He did the Edge of the Abyss cover. And this is the first original artwork we've commissioned on behalf of Kings of War. So uh, it looks beautiful and uh, very dark to match the tone of the novel. So that's the only other Basilean one we have coming out. But yeah, we're going to try to run the gamut of factions as much as we can and try to get as many of them Give everybody a chance to shine, to have their faction be represented in uh, novel form. Well,
4: you can't ask for more than that. All right, good. Anybody else have any other questions for Brandon?
2: No, I'm just happy to be here. This is, this is great. Getting excited now.
4: Woohoo! You know, having Brandon on is such a treat, so I'm uh, very, very excited. So, And then, of course, we're going to have to get your dad on sometime, too, so as soon as we can squeeze some more information out of you guys, so... Which sounds good. All right. Well, hey, while we go ahead, we're going to slide into a commercial break. We're going to come back on the other side, do shout outs, and wrap up the show. And welcome back. All right. It's time for shout outs. Actually, one of my favorite parts of the show. So, all right. Felix, any shout outs tonight?
2: No, not really. Actually, for once, <laughs> I really don't have anything. Maybe it'll come back to me as you guys move on, but I, I got nothing right now. Stop.
1: Sounds good. Brandon, any shout outs tonight? Yeah, so uh, I'll throw it out there again. WHPSupplyroom.com for all of your uh, novel poster and wargaming needs. We got a lot of cool stuff on there. And, uh, you know, as more books we put out, the more miniatures we'll have on the website. And we're going to be ever expanding it. Also, it's pretty cool because I'm playing around with it still. So it's not completely up to date, but our convention schedule will be on there. So if you're ever interested about what conventions we're going to be to be at, you can check that. And uh, it'll list what conventions, when, what city, what dates. It's a really neat feature. So I'm playing around with that. And speaking of which, God willing, there's an Adepticon in 2021. We will be there. This is early enough. So if any of you listeners want to come out and uh, talk with the, the people behind the books, we will be there. We're there every Adepticon we'll be there and you can come talk to us. You can come talk to us. If you have a pitch for a book uh, and any ideas, anything like that, you can come out and meet us. We love talking to people. We love meeting people. So uh, we'll be at that. Should it exist next year? Uh, Yeah. Mark, thank you for having me on the call again. I really, I really appreciate being on the show. It's always a blast. I love talking to you guys. Felix, it's good talking to you and Ben, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And I think that's about it for me. Well, Brandon, you're welcome anytime in the narrative workshop, my friend. Thank you. Ben, any
3: shout outs tonight? Uh, there's a couple of different ideas running around in my head. Uh, first off, thanks to everybody who's read the book, my book, Ground Secrets, and who's been you know, supporting the Kings of War novels and all that kind of stuff. If you've read the book and you like it, I say this everywhere I go and every time I talk about them, please go online to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever it is that you got it and leave a review, even if it's just a two sentence review of it was great or I hated it or whatever it is that you want to put on there. I mean, if you hate it, please don't do that. but um, but if you like the book or any of the books that are being produced, please go online, leave a review. It bumps the amount of traffic that those websites then push towards the books so it could help bring in some new blood, and it's a pretty quick process. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a detailed review of, of the book, and just leave your thoughts really quick. Um, and that'll that's a great way to help boost the community, boost exposure for both the books and for the game, and just uh, give us all, you know, hopefully some some new fresh faces once we can finally start going to conventions and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: The other thing that I'd like to give a shout-out to is I, a lot of people, I've been in the Called Arms Tournament. Over the past, what, has it been two months now? Something like that, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a while, yeah. It was a while ago. Um, over the past two months, and, and I've talked with a couple of, uh, I've had a bunch of great opponents, and I'm sure they thought I was a great opponent because my record is a 1, 2, and 3, so, yeah. Um, uh, they all probably enjoyed their games with me, too, uh, or at least their scores did. But I, I had a bunch of people asking me a lot of the stuff that Brandon went over about submitting your, your ideas to Wing to Sar about, uh and about your stories and all that kind of stuff. And I, I want to give a shout out to all, all the budding and, and would-be authors out there, people that have ideas for stories. It's, it's that whole Michael Jordan quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Please, uh, if you have a cool idea... Brandon and Vince are both awesome guys to to talk to about your ideas or about your books or anything like that and and as Brandon says he submits everything that makes sense and that he thinks is a is a good idea to to mantic and so if you've got an idea try it out you never know if you don't try right we can always use fresh blood in the in the narrative workshop right so that would be my two shout outs also shout out to the call arms tournament that's been nice to have a a connection to the community, even if it is just a virtual one.
1: Real quick, I just want to throw in, yeah, Ben hit the nail on the head. Review, I say this every time I'm on, I forgot to today. thank you, Ben. Reviews are the best way to make sure that other people who read the novel or other people who are like-minded will see the novels and read the novels. And, you know, it's amazing that people will leave reviews for things that they don't like, but like 75% of the people who do like something very rarely leave a review. So if you want to be a big help to Kings of War, the community, and the books, and you want to see more books, leave just a review of any sort, even just a star rating without any text beyond that. That works. And uh, yes, yeah, so if you want to send me any submissions, you can send it directly to me at brandon.rossbond@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Sometimes the, the submissions don't get sent to me from the other email address, um, but if you do email it directly to me, uh, I will get back to you in a timely manner. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm part of the Fanatics group. You'll see me post every once in a while. You can always feel free to send me a friend request, send me a message, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Never hurts to submit anything. I'm always open to trying to help authors publish their work.
4: And you can't ask for more than that. Speaking of uh, working with Winged Hussar Publishing and things like that, I am going to put a shout-out tonight For someone that has some word publishing skills or some kind of graphic design or something, I did a shout-out on another narrative workshop, and I ended up with two editors, which is terrific, but neither of them have publishing skills. So we need somebody to work with us on the Countercharge Journal, and you want a chance to work with Brandon Rossbond and Vince Rossbond? Here's your chance. The countercharge journal is actually published up on the wingtasar publishing website, and this is your chance to work with Ben Stoddard and Felix Castro and uh, the group of authors that we have. We're just missing somebody to do the, the layout. We need a layout person. I don't care what software you use, you get to work on it and uh, you get some creative freedom with that. So if you have interest in that, please reach out to me. Hit me up on Facebook. You can do countercharge2015 at AOL.com. You can do anything like that. So, like I said, we've already got two editors, which will help speed things along, and which is terrific. We just need a layout person to join the team, and we will be ready to rock and roll again. As Ben will tell you, that's where his novel came from, was his very first story he was working on for the Countercharge Journal, turned into Drowned Secrets. So, you never know where you can go when you uh, get involved here with the narrative for Kings of War. And of course, I got to give a shout out for Easy Army because can you spot Blaster on the page? Absolutely. Love Easy Army. Love all the work that Greg's been doing and uh, very, very happy that that is in 3rd edition. So hopefully everybody is enjoying that. But again, if it's not in Easy Army, it doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned. So all right, well, Brandon, again, thank you so much for joining us in the workshop tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you here and it sounds like there's so much coming up. I'm so excited and just can't wait. Thank you. The pleasure's
1: mine for being here. All right, Brandon, why don't you go ahead and take us out? Till next time, keep countercharging. Thanks
0: for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge fifteen.